Welcome to a new segment on 15-Minute History called Pop Quiz. In these episodes, Joe is going to ask a topical question in history, and I then have to answer it. We're not editing these episodes. It's just another opportunity for us to get more content to you, our outstanding audience. So here we go. Ready? Let's do this. John, I have a question for you, which you have never heard. Okay. All right. So our audience, you're, you're telling our audience that this is not pre-planned, pre-recorded, or anything like this. Correct. Okay. John does not have any notes in front of him, any books. Um, he has no idea what I'm about to ask. We've all heard stories about King Arthur. What is the true story of King Arthur? Was he even actually real? And if not, why are the legends of his reign so prevalent today? I hate you. <laughs> Start with one I don't know too much about. All right. The legends of King Arthur, the, er, the farthest back they come from is from Wales, which it turns out a lot of young people don't know where Wales is, as I learned in, my, uh, in a class this week. So Wales is a kingdom uh, that basically makes up the southwestern uh, part of, uh, of the island of Great Britain, conquered by the English about 1200 AD, thereabouts. But they had a series of legends about uh, a great lord, and I'm going to butcher his name, I believe it's pronounced Daphith. And those are where some of the earliest legends about a king uh, rising to power with the help of a wizard or a bard or a, uh, or a druid, it depends on which, uh, which legend you read. Then you get up in Scotland a series of warlords who all have, within the historical record, elements of the Arthurian legend. So some of them uh, won great battles, others built you know, large castles. There were uh, instances of, of extreme bravery and chivalry stories of fighting monsters, fighting uh, dark lords and wizards. And it all kind of just gelled into this story that much like Robin Hood is part of English mythology without really having too much, um, without having, not, not too much, without really having a basis in a single historical event or a single person. We know that there were uh, early Roman war warriors on the island of Great Britain who, as the Romans are departing, they're kind of taking over these, uh, these small kingdoms and these small areas uh, that are being left behind. And uh, in fact, in our interview with Dr. Selwood, we talked a little bit about one of them, and there's the, the list of battles uh, that, the, uh, uh, that, a, that a Roman warlord fought, and that kind of merged into the Arthurian legend. So where did it come from? It came from a whole variety of sources, and that is still being added onto. There are new stories and new tales being added to the Arthurian legend all the time. There's a, a series of books written in the 90s called The Pendragon Cycle by Stephen Lawhead, which I absolutely love. They're fantastic. It merges the uh, story of King Arthur with the story of Atlantis. And I think it's the, I think it's the Daily Wire or another one of the kind of conservative alternate media uh, conglomerates is making a TV version or a movie version of it. Should be interesting. So Arthur still very much lives in our, in our mythology today, but it's not really from a single source, Joe. And what was the second half of your question? I'm sorry. Why are the legends of his reign still prevalent today? I think the legends are prevalent for the same reason that most great myths are, uh, are prevalent in our society, because they tell timeless stories. They tell stories that are uh, 
full of heroes and villains, kind of one of the main themes of this podcast for the last couple of years. They tell stories of good triumphing over evil. They tell stories of sacrifice. They tell stories of, stories of home and hearth, stories of pure, kind of the medieval chivalric notion of love, untainted by too much carnality or anything like that. The story of uh, the love between Arthur and Guinevere, and then also the love between Lancelot and Guinevere. So there's also elements of infidelity there. And they tell stories because, or I'm sorry, and they are still in our uh, collective historical memory and, and, and in, our, in our culture today because unlike so much of the, of, unlike so much of modern pop culture, I think the stories of Arthur are ones that you can see yourself in regardless of who you are, where you came from, your race, your color, your class, your creed, your identity, your your anything, you can see yourself in the character of King Arthur, in the character of his knights, in the character of uh, Guinevere, in the character of some of the villains, if you choose to, because these stories are not defined by any of the categories that we put on modern media. And those are the stories that tend to endure. You think of stories like Robin Hood. Right now it is being uh, reinterpreted up in Canada as uh, the story of uh, a teenaged or, or or early 20s black woman who is standing against racism within her community, and her name is Robin Hood. Or, I'm sorry, her name her name is not Robin Hood, but her name is Robin, and she lives in the hood. That's the, that's the play on words. Similarly, there have been stories of King Arthur where you have race swapping, you have gender swapping, and, and no one gets too upset, or I, I would argue no one should, because the what doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what race or what color uh, King Arthur or any of his knights are. What matters is the stories that they, is the adventures that they have and the stories that they tell and the lessons that they convey to future generations. And I think that's one of the main reasons why these stories have lasted for so long. Thank you for joining us for a pop quiz. Send us your questions about this topic at 15minutehistory at gmail.com and we will answer them during a pop quiz discussion on January 4th. We will see you next week.